dmtwclothing.com. Don't make this weird. Um, whatever it is that you do in life, again, do with your heart, chase your passions, and watch it become reality. That's what we're about. You guys are going to find some cool items, some MMCast items for sale here in the next three weeks. They'll be all launched and uh, next, you know, more conventions, things like that. So, Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, guys? We got a brand new Eternal set out, and it's really not helpful for Modern, but we have some thoughts on it. Yeah, so after spending a lot of time this weekend playing the set, I decided that I want to talk about, because there's some, there's definitely some cards in the set that we, and we're referring to Eternal Masters, that we don't, we don't think need to be in the modern format I, I think there are definitely cards on this list in this set vampiric tutor right. that would be like any of the tutors <laughs> very bad for modern. modern um but and this is kind of off of sam starter just recently wrote an article a couple weeks ago about uh hit the state of modern and one of his comments is that you know they're very resistant to printing cards that are too strong for standard to be able to be put into modern because they right. don't have the time to test it and we wanted to talk about which cards from at least eternal masters that aren't in modern that we think would be really cool to be in modern. So yeah. we're doing our top 10 list. It's kind of like a review. It's slightly different because we're, it's more. Yeah. It's, we're doing our countdown of our top 10 cards. We think should be in modern from eternal masters, from a health of the format and an awesomeness of the format standpoint. Um, so before we get into all of those things, there are a few things I'd like to point out things that we always point out, but we're going to do again in case this is your first time listener. Uh, we are on Twitter. Yep. The, the podcast is on Twitter. We're at the MM Cast, And I'm Ben Bateman, if you didn't know that by listening to my voice. I'm at Ben Bateman Media. And I'm Alex Kessler. And where can the folks find you? Oh, at Kess Wiley on Twitter. <laughs> uh, if you had an underscore as a space on Instagram, I think technically my Snapchat is at Kess Wiley. I'm pretty much at Kess Wiley across the board. Snapchat one. Pick a social media other than Facebook, yeah, you'll find me. Speaking of Facebook, we have a Facebook. It's at the MMCast. It's the MMCast. It's facebook.com slash MMCast. Yep. Uh, we have a YouTube. It's uh, actually not the MMCast. It's a shame. It's uh, <laughs> Top Decking TV or, or uh, Webisodes Network. Um, we're going to be trying to post more video content there consistently. We have said that forward. a number of times, but I believe, if you guys stick with us, we have a bunch of really cool stuff with these guys. Uh, DMTW, DMTW Clothing, which you can find on Instagram, and you can find them on Twitter. We are working with to put out some amazing product. It's uh, really cool. They're, they're getting involved with us on a number of levels, and, and we're very excited to premiere that stuff. So maybe some of you guys met us and hung out with us a little bit at GPLA, but there's a lot of very exciting stuff coming there. Um, and, then, and then, you know... The Command Zone, who's our, 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 our sister podcast, they do video content every week. And one of the ways they're able to do that is they have someone who helps them edit the content. And right. every time we've said we're going to try doing video content in the past, um, it was us trying to do it ourselves. And we're going to we're gonna change that. We're, we're, Mike Clary, friend of the cast, yep. good friend of us, yep. is helping us edit it every week. And yeah. he's listening to this right now. So hi, Mike Clary, who's editing this. Everyone say hi. Hi, Mike. A bunch of voices just heard just just in into nothingness because yeah. Mike's Mike can't hear you. Yep. And then because uh, it's a podcast. <laughs> we're and they're on rocketjump.com, the command zone. You yeah, you should. Yeah. And lastly, of course, we have a Patreon, we and do. you guys have been awesome. Our ability to have the backup microphone that we are recording into right now because was brought to you by the Patreon because yeah. for some reason the R44 that we normally record our sound on. Hasn't worked the last two weeks. Yeah, it's not recording. That, like one of the 
like extra delays from last week. And the reason you had to leave halfway through the podcast last week, which I do want to apologize about last week is yeah, it was a hectic week. It was my what, birthday week. And I, it was just, it, it, the whole thing was tumultuous and, and our, and then we tried to yeah, like malfunction. So it was, it was a kind of a mess, but that episode does exist. So we didn't share it on Tuesday. So if you are listening to this being like, Oh, it's weird. I like missed last week's episode. Yeah. There is an episode for last week. It just came out on Thursday. It was a, it was a uh, Patreon submitted bruise episode. That's one of the things. If you guys pay $5 a month for our Patreon, you can submit deck ideas to us and we will do a deck tech once a month where we go over like two or three or four of those deck ideas uh the submissions we take are only from the patreon as well as things like there are swag boxes if you if you subscribe you'll you'll get like a loot crate type of deal with a, an mm cast item we've sent water bottles we've sent uh play mats we have sent uh what was the other thing we sent Oh, signed copies of Grand Architect and, and Foil Geist of St. Traffs, yep. play sets of each. So there are more things coming. Uh, anyway, that's the deal. So patreon.com slash the MMcast if you guys want to get involved there. Um, let's get directly into the episode. So I wanted to say, just in case, because we assume everybody that listens to this podcast is very, very tuned in to Magic's current releases and all of the things that are going on. If you missed it, Eternal Masters just came out this last weekend. Eternal Masters. It's sick. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a supplemental set that Wizards put out to a pen, a ten, a, essentially appease the legacy crowd um, for the most part. Well, it's, it's like a variety version on, you know, Modern Masters, which is what our namesake is yep. for the Masters of Modern because the set called Modern Masters came out um, and they realized doing a Modern Masters set every year is a problem. But they're also, there's legacy, there's EDH, there's vintage. So they wanted to release kind of a Modern Masters, but for them, and so that's what a Troll Masters is. They've said specifically a lot, like a lot of the cards they chose to print in this set were cards that didn't have foil versions that they wanted to make foils of. Which is great for a format that you guys don't play called Highlander really, that me and Ben play and that's about it. But. Yeah, well, and just for people who want like foil versions of certain cards, which is really cool. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. It's super sweet. Some I of the cards up are a foil pyroblast. It's fifty bucks. Really? Yeah. Foil pyroblast is fifty dollars. Sorry, red elemental blast or red. What's the red elemental blast? It's not red. The elemental uncommon blast. one. Yeah. Uh. The, yeah. Uh. Red elemental blast. Oh, pyroblast. Pyroblast. Wait. I opened up a foil of the blue one. The blue one's not as expensive as the red one. Yeah, probably not it, even close. It, it counters. It's still, it's like 20, 15 bucks. It's still really? not cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. If there wasn't a foil of a card yeah. and you have a foil of it now, it's worth more than $10. Kessler for my birthday this last week gave me five packs. He showed up to my to my birthday party in full Nicolas Cage attire because yep. it was a Nicolas Cage costume party. I was I was a both with my girlfriend face off. We both had masks that we would be switching between John Travolta yeah. all evening and as well as, uh, um, what's the movie with the Hawaiian shirt? Oh, yeah. Raising Arizona? Yeah, Raising Arizona. So I was double Nicholas Cage slash John Travolta I, at your party. I built a cage in my home. Um, if you go to my Instagram, you can see if it. If you actually go to our Instagram, you can see oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the MLCast yeah. on Instagram. You can go see it. You guys should go check it. That's funny. Subtle plug number yeah. 15. <laughs> um, but, uh, but the point is, he gave me five packs. He gave me a pack of Origins. He gave me a pack of Eternal Masters. He gave me a pack of Cons. He gave me a pack of... Uh, and Shadows of Yeah. And listen to what I opened. Like... Obviously, no expeditions. I would have led with that. Um, but I opened a Fetchland out of the Cons pack, a Wooded Red Foothills. Green, yeah. I opened Arlen Cord out of Shadow, Shadow over Innistrad. My Eternal Masters pack had like Regal Force or something, but the foil was the one I just mentioned, which was uh, Hydroblast. Hydroblast. Which is sweet. Yep. I didn't even realize that was money. Um, in my uh, Zendikar pack, I got a foil uh, uh, Conduit of Ruin and a Sire of Stagnation in the same pack, so foil rare and a Mythic in the same pack. And then the other two packs sucked. But um, that's sweet out of five packs. Oh, Magic Origins. Yeah, the Origin pack. pack, I got like a Relic Seeker. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> It's like bad Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah. It has trappings of a good card. And I think 
some other card was not good. But the point is, I opened up some sweet stuff in five packs, so thank you for that. Uh, we're ranting and raving. The point is, Eternal Masters came out. That's what it is. You should check it out. Yeah, it's great. They're really cool draft archetypes. I definitely recommend if you want to play limited. I, I This is kind of what I've been telling people. Don't buy a box just to open packs. This this set isn't... This set is a... a like It's like... Eh, let me rephrase it. If you like to gamble, if yeah. you're a man who likes going to roulette and win... Uh-huh thousand dollars on the table and just seeing what happens then buy eternal masters but in reality if you're going to buy this set make sure you gain entertainment value for the price you're paying because it is a premium a premium entertainment value that has the opportunity of paying out very large sums of well return think about it like and this. magic return terms think about it like this you spend a hundred bucks or 110 dollars on a normal box of magic cards right however you buy it. maybe 90 if you get really lucky you find sure. a deal online if you crack the box your ev is generally going to be lower it's, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get your full value. You you will almost 100% inevitably lose money by opening sealed product, unless of course you get lucky and you open you know a foil rare or you just get really well, normally lucky normally a box that's no longer or that's that's not like just out of print has a value of slightly less than the cost of a box. Exactly. So that in mind, if you pay $300 for your box of Eternal Masters and you crack that box, unless if you can just if you can just will your mind to forget that you spent 300 versus 100, you're going to be ecstatic because it's going to seem like every every pack you open, you're like, oh my God, it's like $8, $6, $10, $20, $30. $20, right. But it's not going to add up unless you get really lucky and win the lottery. I don't know if it's really like, because like something that people aren't taking into account is the foils in every pack, definitely, especially because of the thing we just talked about where foils haven't existed for a lot of these cards. Like even a foil control magic is like 15 bucks. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of these cards that are worth money beyond above and beyond what they normally would be. Right. Um, but keep in mind, it's just expensive. So make sure you're having fun with it, but it's really fun. Like also the last thing to the mention deck I drafted this weekend was maybe the coolest thing I've ever, it made like top two coolest draft decks of my life. I just Number got one to- being my GP Vegas one <laughs> uh, deck. I got to just mess around with uh, with the cards. I didn't actually uh, get to draft it, but I got to open quite a few of them, hang out at the two store. Two Burning Vengeances, two Factor Fictions, 18, no, 12 flashback cards. Wow. Did you play Deep Analysis? I did. Awesome. Um, so uh, the last thing I will say about value is that um, this Four is... Counterspell. Okay. Four it's of great. them. It's great. Foil Pyroblast. <laughs> this is a very, very, very... Uh, the low print run on the set. There's not a lot of these being printed. So relative to a normal magic set, this is, there's a tiny number of these being printed. Um, the point is the, the cards, some of them will be overprinted like relative to their demand and they will plummet right away. But long-term, if you wait a year, almost every one of these cards will bounce back because a lot of these cards didn't have a foil version. Yeah, like, like, I was talking with a lot of people this weekend and a lot of people are like, Oh, you got to sell right now. Cause it's going to go. And I'm like, no, no, no. You need to hold on to every one of cards you open. Yeah. Cause right now is the worst time to sell. Cause they're all like, other than the foil ones, which are just up because people are like, this is the first time this ever existed. A foil pyroblast, if it doesn't get printed again at any time soon in the next two years, will be a much more expensive card than it is right now. Completely. Because there's... Um, yeah. Pe- like, Legacy is the format that people like foiling their deck out. And you need four of this card. Um, all right. Wow. So, Masters foil hydroblast, $25. You weren't kidding. That's amazing. Yeah. I had no idea. I yeah, thought yeah, it was yeah. trash. No, no. I got, I got the pyroblast eighth pick. It went around the entire table and got to me as the last person to see it. And I was like, I'm going to look this card up. And that's it was like crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, all right. So. so top 10 list of cards that should be in modern that aren't because they're in internal masters and they're internal masters. We want them in the modern dot episode. So there's, there's theories here guys. And this, this is why you may be saying to yourselves, like, what are you guys talking about? Hypotheticals. The reason that we're doing this episode is because 
they are messing around with ways to make this format the most awesome. So after after they decided to kill this as a Pro Tour format, um, and with obviously the Eldrazi bannings, and then Twin being banned at the, at the previous Pro Tour, um, or prior to the Eldrazi Pro Tour, what happened is I, I think we're in this this cool point now where Modern's a healthy format, and we all sort of want to know, okay, like now now we can really, if it's stable, and we don't think that the rug's going to get pulled at any point, What's the best way to fix any problems that do exist, to introduce new cards, because this is just going to be an eternal format that exists? And so Kessler and I, because we like to talk about this sort of thing, looked at a lot of the cards in Eternal Masters and thought, okay, which of these would be healthy for Modern? Not like we want Force of Will in Modern, or like it would be super sweet if we just, you know, could find Scapeshift with Mystical 2, or like, yeah, that would be awesome, but it would probably be unbalanced and not healthy, and it would maybe be bad for the format. We started to look and say, like, what are the holes? And what are the cards that got printed here that people are now familiar with? Some of you guys might have played Eternal Masters and not realized that some of these cards even existed because some of them are very old. Uh, and we kind of have our theories about which cards we would like to see in Modern. So that's what this is about. It's about uh, things, you know, that we think should be exploited. Well, part of this, so like, there's a, a chunk of cards in this set that I was like, like for instance, Hydra Blast could be a modern it would do pretty much like it'd be it'd be played but it wouldn't like be that it would just be it wouldn't con- it would pretty just, much just be dispelled. it wouldn't contribute that much to the format yeah and there's a chunk of other cards in this set that are like all the like six mana cards from 10 years ago that like don't see play in any format anyways right. sure those could be a far- modern no problem what we're looking for are cards that are possibly too powerful enough but would you know add something new or different or or offer new strategies to be able to be played in the format that currently aren't available yeah, cards that seem like they're on the correct power level, but but again, they haven't found a way to print them in standard, and other otherwise, we don't know how to introduce them. And theoretically, most of these cards, other than I think th- four of them, are probably too good for standard. Uh, that's maybe overstating it. There's like a good, I would say half my list couldn't be printed in standard, but the other half has the potential to. Well, let's get to it. All right, number 10. You want to go first or should I? I'll go first. <laughs> Deep analysis. Oh. Um... I like deep analysis. I've always liked this card. It's, it's, it's very fair. It does cool things. It's fair, but I can dredge it into my graveyard and it lets me draw yeah. two cards off of the six cards I drew for Gurgle it's, <laughs> it's fair. The thing that it does that's cool is that we don't have a blue spell that allows you to do this, that has strong value in your graveyard as a draw spell. So think twice or something like that, but like that's that's not really what you want to be doing in modern. Obviously, you don't want to cast this for four mana. Like That's just not what you want to do. You want to flash it back, so you yeah. want to discard it. I like this. Or dredge it. Yeah, or dredge it. I just like this because it doesn't exist. I don't think it makes anything too powerful. There's enough stuff that goes on in the graveyard already that people target and like need to be able to get rid of that I don't think that you're you're adding... You're not adding an element to a blue deck, yeah, whatever think, kind of blue deck, that's unfair. You're right. just adding a piece that it doesn't have. It's very it, it's fun to think of as a, as a single, like as a one-of and a gifts deck, just as like a value card. Mm-hmm. We're, we're getting to the point where graveyard debt hate is getting not as close to artifact hate but it's getting comparable and like you probably need to guarantee that you have some slots to it in your graveyard for those of you that don't know what deep analysis does unless you have like four main deck scavenging oozes right and a lot of people i mean those the the cards that are graveyard hate cards are good cards so what uh, deep analysis does if you don't know it was actually originally printed as part of uh i think it was in torment i'm pretty positive and it was it was part of that blue green madness deck from worlds that year but it's a uh Sorcery for one blue and three colorless that states target player draws two cards. Doesn't sound very exciting. It's flashback cost, one blue, one colorless, pay three life. So one blue, one colorless, flashing back to pay three life and draw two cards is sweet. So if you can get that in your graveyard, it's strong value. Mm -hmm. What do you think the chances that flashback is in the next set? uh, Uh, Oh, in Eldritch Moon? In Eldritch Moon. Probably pretty high. 
I mean, I think it's low, but really, yeah. I mean, because Madness and, and Flashback kind of compete for a very similar. And I think they'd want to continue Madness before they jumped onto the Flashback train. It'd be cool. I, I would think it'd be really cool if we got Flashback in the next. They, episode. I think they play very well together. I mean, they, they yeah, they do very similar things. I mean, Madness and Flashback both existed in Time Spiral, yeah, and that was fun in Time Spiral. Yeah, it's it's a little complicated. It's a little complicated, but as long as you're not, if it's not overdone and you're throwing on an uncommon and rare, I don't think it's a huge problem. Yeah, I'd be done. Yeah, I love or, it. Or, like, to be totally honest, the one I almost Unearth would be almost also as sick. Would be pretty sick as well. Madness and Unearth, yeah. Because, like, the creature, it's like creature flashback. And last yeah. time we had regular flashback. Um, we some, some examples of cards that have been, like, over the top with complication trying to do both. Unless I'm mistaken, didn't the card Strangling Soot have, like... That's, like, target creature gets minus X <laughs> mad, and it has madness flashback and, <laughs> and cycling or something like that uh it just has flashback five it's 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 icker slick i think is what i'm thinking of that they're both from the same set right it's uh, the one that has cycling madness right where you can cycle it and then cast it off yeah. of its madness cost because you cycled it so strangling still costs six and it has flashback icker slick which is the card i'm thinking of yeah one black two colors yeah, target okay. creature gets minus three minus three till end of turn cycling two madness four it's just like Let's confuse the heck out of new players. That card is so sick, though. It's so sweet. It's so, I love I love like when they take two mechanics and strap it on the second card. All right, mine number 10. Uh, what was yours again? Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, mine number 10. She's a one drop. Really? All and the way? She's currently running for president. I know I know where you're going with this, but that's uh, all the way number 10. She's very protective of all of her, of all of her children. Hmm. Uh, Mother of Runes. Mother of Runes. So Mother of Runes could be too powerful, but on two two th- and, and like the deck that I'm most worried about it existing is uh, Collecting Company, yeah, Abzan decks, of course. Um, but in Zoo decks, in like other creature decks, like generally decks that want to be on the ground have been classically bad in Modern because Lightning Bolt is the most ubiquitous removal spell in the format. Yep, and in general, the removal in Modern isn't that like creature removal isn't that much worse than Legacy. In fact, I would argue it's better. Right. So having other runes in the format adds a counterplay to that creature removal that currently doesn't exist. Um, yeah, so I agree with you. Mother of Runes is sweet. I, I will, uh, you know what? I, I will wait to talk about Mother of Runes because it's also on my list, but it's a little higher. Sure. So uh, that's a strong point, and I'll wait to, to voice mine. Okay. I, I, I think it gives a shot in the arm to the creature decks that kind of have problems. It might be too powerful because of Collected Company and um, the Convoke Tutor spell. Court of Calling? Court. I think it's actually more dangerous because of Court of Calling than Collected Company even. Okay. Um, just because quarter calling lets you just get the one you need every time. Um, I mean, okay. Of four, four, on turn four, you can protect any creature pretty much with haste because you can do it at the end of their turn. What I will say is this, um, and before I go into my rant on it, Mother of Runes is fine in Modern because I think the majority of the decks that would want to play Mother of Runes, it has to replace either an important piece of their strategy that makes their deck beefier or it has to like be an extra copy on the low curve if you want copies of it. It's kind of Spellskite 2. Yeah, it just takes copies out of your deck. Spellskite, though... So so Spellskite's amazing for a couple reasons, and the biggest of which is that it's a 0-4. So it's obviously... I don't it's, think that's the biggest reason. I well, think the biggest reason is it turns off Lightning Bolt. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, in contrast to Mother of Runes, what makes it such a potent card is that it can't be bolted. So Yeah, but I mean, like they're different. They're not the same card, because like Mother of Ruins... Well, let's talk about... Yeah, what, okay. yeah, oh, no, yeah. let's talk about it now. Okay. All right. right. So uh, mother, I mean, like mother ruins also lets your creature be uh, unblockable. Mother ruins lets your creature win creature fights. Like there are things that it does that Spellskite doesn't do. They're different. Okay, but it's like this: modern is just it's exactly the same as legacy in the sense that your lists are so tight. Like the power level is so high, with the level of competition is so high with what you're going up against that if you let's just say mother ruins is an integral part of your strategy. Like you want to draw that card, so you play four copies of it. Whatever deck that's you're never playing, that's what Mother Runes is. Mother Runes is always a one of 
to like have as a tutor target that you can get off of. And then that's where I think like, that's why it would be more ubiquitous. Cause you like, there are multiple tutors for it. There's a convoke card. There's the three, two that tutors for two, one drops. There's like, even in death and taxes, just like one or two of this, like make it much harder to beat that deck. Cause you can't answer their threats. Then that's fine. It's, 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 I'm still in line no, with not, my, my well, I, those I think, I think are good. I think those decks need to shot on the arm and mother runes could be that shot. I think my point then is continues to be sound, which is that if it's, if it's a four of you're sacrificing deck consistency and power to play four of and if it's a one of tutor target, that's fine. Like, Spellskite's been a one of tutor target, and Spellskite doesn't, it doesn't like make those decks unbeatable. It's just a thing they can do. So that's, that's fine. Uh, okay, last, last thing I want to do, and I want to do this for every card here. Yeah. On three, both of us have to say if it can or cannot be, if it would be safe to print in standard. Mother of Runes? No, no. So one, on three, okay. say yes or no. Okay, one, one two, two, three. three. No. no. Yeah, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, What's your number? Oh, what, what about deep analysis? One, two, two three. three, yes. yes. Okay. okay, awesome. Um, my number nine is Cabal Therapy. Uh, okay, Cabal Therapy's on my list. Yeah, card is super sweet. Much higher. Yeah, I mean, it's... You could cast it from your graveyard, dude. Yeah, I, well, Cabal Therapy is really good. It, it, the thing is, the, the question you have to ask yourself with Cabal Therapy is like, uh, how much does the format need it is the first question. <laughs> like, does this add a lot to the format? Uh, so that's why, for me, it's a little lower. I like Cabal Therapy a lot. I'll explain why. Uh, Cabal Therapy is one black. It's a sorcery, I believe, also from Torment. Um, name an online card target player reveals his or her hand and discards all cards with that name flashback sacrifice a creature this card got better with the printing of Gataxi and Probe so it's way sweeter because like that card is just everywhere it offers it's like Thoughtseize but it offers infinitely cooler like there's there, games yeah. with it because you have to you have you know it, it benefits you for knowing the format it can be used to make your own self discard it's a different it's a different like Theoretically, you can just thought see someone with it by sacking a creature. It, it yeah. very much reads one black sack a creature thought sees an opponent, um, and sometimes you'll get extra value if you're just smart with it. Yeah. And like you can use it in graveyard strategies in an interesting way. There's a lot of cool things you can do with this card. It's a very Sam Black card. He likes to build with this card every time I would ever. I would read like so many of his legacy articles. I remember, and he always would talk about this card in those lists. He was a big fan of it. Right. And this then I like I had friends that I was playing with at the during the EM list yeah. and they were playing Cabal Therapies as self-discard. They were using it so that yeah. they could discard their reanimator threats with it. Yep. So like, there's a lot of cool things you can do with it. I really like this card. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it, it's... Honestly, the flashback sacrifice a creature is the dangerous part. Uh, I don't think that is. I think like... It is though, because you're, you're, you're forgetting that like, sacrificing... Being able to sacrifice a creature and having, having a consistent sack outlet in modern is... Yeah, but this is a one of... I mean, this is like, cra like Crazy Neonite or whatever we have, the, the new red one, where it's like you get one discard effect off of it. I know, but like this... When I say discard's more dangerous than sack effect. Yeah, yes, both. you might gain value You're gaining a lot of value, because now maybe you used it the once, now you'll be able to using it a second time, and you're possibly getting a sack of creatures. That's a lot of play for one spell, and it's not that... Like, it's never going to be backbreaking. This, I mean, like, some, yes, sometimes you're going to get super lucky and be like, uh... Pick a deck. I would say... I, oh, my brain's turned off. Um, collect a company. Uh, sure. that, this seems really bad against Collect a Company. I'm trying to think of, like... Like uh, against the Nahiri decks being like Nahiri, get it, Lightning Bolt, it's, get it. <laughs> look, it's, it's on it's on my list, so I, I think this I think this could exist in modern. I'm just trying to think of the pitfalls. So sure, um, it's a sweet card. We can get we can go into more when we get down to to, to mine. All right, sure. would this be safe to print? To, would this be <laughs> is it safe to print modern? One, two, three. Yes. No. Oh, interesting. They actually talked about it last time uh, when we were at Innistrad. If it was safe and it was, except for Liliana the Veil was in the format. Um, the issue. The, the part of me that is on your side on this, just thinking right now, is that probably the creatures that you would be getting the sack value off of that you're printing in standard uh, are not of a high enough power level because they're in standard for this to be as much of a problem as I was thinking. Um, 
In any case, let's move on. Yep. Uh, what is your number nine? Uh, number nine is Brago. Oh, really? Yeah, king of king of then, uh, conspiracy land. So he costs. So Brago is a conspiracy card that probably a lot of people don't even know what it is. Um, Brago is a legendary creature. He's legendary. a two colorless, a white and a blue. He's he, a spirit. Whenever Brago, king of, or I'm never going to say that. Brago, nope. king eternal. Uh, Brago King Eternal deals. I'm reading Eter- upside down. Eternal <laughs> deals common damage to a player. Exile any number of target non-land permanents you control, and then return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control. So basically, we've talked about my love of Vencer. Vencers, all the Vencers, and we, my love of Geist, and my love of Blue White, and my love of Blinking Things, and Stonehorn Dignitary, and my love of uh, Restoration Angel. This kind of does all those things. Well, what's cool about Brago? So Brago is in my honorable mentions list. What's cool about Brago is this. Um, Anytime you get a new player playing Magic uh, and they start to understand sort of like the ins and outs and the cool things, we all, get, we all get drawn to one thing right away, which is ETB effects. Everybody loves it because as soon as you realize... I don't know if that's true, but continue. It seems to be pretty consistent. Like when you start to understand... I think good players like ETB effects, but, sure, I, think, but I think ETB effects for new players is a very late game, no, late said, in their career. That's why I said when you start to understand it. When okay. you start to really understand what makes Magic fun and what's good and what's consistent... People start to really see this, and you start to say, "Okay, what are the what are the best ways to abuse creatures that are entering the battlefield?" So, Vencer was a very cool planeswalker for exactly that reason. Um, but in modern, he costs five. He's really hard to make work in modern. He's he's not consistent. Yeah, but if you um, have Stonehorn Dignitary, they can't attack you ever again. Right. The thing that's cool about Brago <laughs> is that he's designed well for modern because he has four toughness. So he's a two four, and he flies. He, he's good stats. Um, he's the slightly cheaper. Slightly less abusable version. Well, less and more abusable than Menser in some ways. But he's easier to kill, so the fact that he comes down for four instead of five means he can still get pathed. But I think it's a cool card. I think more than anything, the reason Brago would be so cool to have in the format is it, it's a fun brew card. It's like a really fun card for players that want to get into modern and try to build interesting decks. Is there a red creature that when it enters the battlefield, you gain another attack stuff? I don't think there is. Uh, I feel I like be fine. there is... Because you're saying you could go infinite with Brago? Yeah. But I think there is. I think we're good. Um, um, in any case, Brago... All right, Brago- moving on. Uh, so can Brago be printed to standard? Let's let's put some writers. Ex- ignoring the fact that he's a legendary creature that's dead for, on a plane that is only conspiracy. <laughs> okay. All right. Can he... Is he is he power level too high for standard? One, One two, three. Yes. No. In standard? Yes. Think so? Standard is so much more about creatures having entered the battlefield effects that are powerful than even modern is. I think modern, he's less problematic than standard. Because he costs four. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, so that is your number eight? Nine. That's your number nine. Yeah, okay, so number mine. Nine. Um, my number eight. No, I did my number nine. It's therapy. Oh, cool. Um, my number eight is a little card called Price of Progress. No, mine's way higher than yours. Yeah. Well, again, this is another one of those ones where I, I recognize the power level on Price of Progress being high. Um, now, Price of Progress was a card... I played Legacy for about a year and a half. I played a lot of Legacy at one point, um, like quite a bit of it. And I played like blue red burn decks. I played, uh, I played like a Grixis decks, like Grixis Delver. I always loved Price of Progress, and I've always loved building with Price of Progress and in more like, in more like uh, casual formats like our Highlander Roulette. The reason I like Price of Progress is that it, it kind of starts to get us towards the conversation that I think we were going to have on this episode, which is it's the Blood Moon conversation. It's it's the fact that like. That's not something that we really think is great for modern. It's a thing that has existed, but would I mean, be. I don't. I don't like Blood Moon. And I think it does bad things and healthy things for the format. Um, and Price of Progress, if played at the right moment, is so so punishing to 
It's soap. It's just so punishing. I mean, that, that card is insanity. The funny thing is, a lot of the burn decks nowadays play a bunch of non-basics. Like, they play multiple multiple colors. They're playing three colors often. So, usually they're going to have at least three non-basics in play, if not four sometimes. At which point, this is not actually... It, like, this should be in mono-red burn decks. That's what this should be in. This should be in... I currently have it higher on my list, so I'll, I'll go on my Price of Progress rant. Um, a little bit later, and we'll save it for we'll save the should it be printed for yours. So what do you got? Uh, all right. Oh, bro, for, sorry for those of you who don't know what Price of Progress does because I keep forgetting these are old cards. So if you haven't played this yet, you might not know. It's one red, one colorless instant. Price of Progress deals damage to each player equal to twice the number of non-basic lands that player controls. It's really good. It's super super solid. If you fire, not to mention like the number of uncracked fetches that are on the battlefield. So it's like you you fire this off and somebody's like, oh no. I'll just have to take one instead of two here and get a basic. Otherwise, I'm just dead. Sounds really fun. Yep. Um, my number ten, eight. Toxic Deluge. Never you think that. that that's safe for modern? You're out of your mind. Yeah. No way. You, you, like, your life total is so low in modern that I feel like this... I guess, like, in Jund, it's really problematic. In any deck, like that, yeah, you can use like, your you life could, total like, not in... kill your Tarmogoyf, but then in Jun, you're you're already down to like ten. Like this seems so bad if Burn and Price of Progress are in the form. You, you're like you're, you're you're like you're like in such a crazy headspace. Think about this. You just said it. Your life totals are slow, which means people are willing to abuse their life totals to as as a resource. Like that's a thing that in modern is. I guess yeah, with Death Shadow, this card's insane. People just already do that. So like, what you're saying is if you build your deck in a different way, so that this is the reason you're leveraging your life total and not one of the other things, you've got the most powerful <laughs> sweeper in the entire format. Like, way too good. It costs three. Okay, okay. I rescind, I rescind <laughs> my nuts. level. All right, is this powerful enough to print standard? <laughs> I lose here. I give yeah. up. Yeah. No. One, two, two three. three. No. <laughs> I'm not even going to dignify with an answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fine. What's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is Innocent Blood. Uh, one black sorcery. Each player sacrifices a creature. I think this is from Scourge originally, the dragon set. Um, so This is possibly too good for modern. Though I, I do think as we get closer to number one, the cards are going to be too good for modern, possibly. So yeah, well, this that's... is this is an interesting one, right? Because this is an effect that when when I remember looking at this card the very first time I, I read it, uh, this is again, a lot of these cards just remind me of when I used to play Legacy because it's what so many of these were powerful in. But I, I remember reading Innocent Blood and seeing people play it and not quite understanding at first why it was so good. Because um, it's a one-mana kill target creature. <laughs> well, it does. <laughs> I know, target. It's one-mana It's a one-mana edict effect because yeah. you can abuse it on your end. You thing were just is, talking about Cabal Therapy is... yeah. Right, it's too easy to sack a creature. Agreed. Agreed. So, so this is that as well. I'm not really sure on Innocent Blood. I mean, the thing is with Innocent Blood is this: like people are already you already build your deck in mind knowing that Liliana is an incredibly ubiquitous spell. Like it just is. Liliana is around all the time, so you know that the edict effect is going to happen to you at some times. Mm-hmm. Um, with that in mind, having a one mana version of that is is faster and cheaper. But it um, is it is double sided. So Liliana only affects your opponent. Well, this does affect both of you. Yeah. The other thing I, I think to keep in mind with this card that makes it interesting is, you know, some of the more ubiquitous stacks in the format, this is actively bad against. It's bad against Collected Company. It's bad against um, any deck with Lingering Souls. So the token decks, Chuck yep. decks. Totally. But it's good against stuff like Junt because they have they generally are like, I'm going deep on this one threat. Yeah. And so with that in mind, it's not, I don't think it's a bad card for the format because it's good against decks that probably needed to take a little bit of a chip on their shoulder or yeah. take it down a notch. And it's, it's bad against other good decks, so it's not going to be ubiquitous. And like, like all the removal should be in the format. There, there's a number of decks that this card is actively bad against. There's also decks that this deck, this card is backbreaking against. Sure. Um, I think, but that's true of 
Lightning Bolt. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's aside, really true a path. Aside from, like, Ink Moth Nexus, I think it, this hurts Infect a lot. It's really good against them. It's really good against Infect and Boggles. It's really good against Boggles. I'm it's, not really worried about Infect being worse, though. No, and, and honestly, and a lot of the decks that are really powerful, you know, Affinity, this is going to be bad against. This is going to be bad against... Yeah. Yeah, so, so I, that's why I think it's probably right on it's the edge. Okay. It's decent against burn. I also think, like, black currently has a big hole in its uh, removal suite. Like, I think one of the reasons blue-black control decks or black X control decks need red or need white or uh, is because you need Path or Lightning Bolt in your deck. And this helps black decks be a little bit more insular. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, is it too good for standard? One, what? two, three. No. Yes. Really? You think this could be in standard? Be eh, it probably is too good for standard. Eesh. I'll, get, I'll put that up, maybe. It's um, just a card. <laughs> All right. My number seven. Yep. Carrion Feeder. Speaking of sack outlets. Yeah, Carrion Feeder is sweet. Carrion I think, Feeder. I think there needs to be a efficient sack outlet that, like, does cool things. I think I think the one issue with this card is, once again, Birthing Pod. Yep. Or not Birthing Pod, but Collected Company decks. Which seems to be a problem with a lot of these cards. Which seems like I would not invest in Collected Company for that reason. Carrion Feeder is... The deck, not necessarily the card. Carrion Feeder is one of those cards where it, it's, it doesn't <laughs> seem like it's that powerful. Carrion Feeder is one black um, zombie. Can't block. It's a, it's an effect we don't have right now. The only card that we have that is, exists in modern that does. So, so it's a zombie for... It's a 1-1 one, one for one black. Carrion Feeder can't block. Sacrifice creature. Put a 1-1 one, one counter on Carrion Feeder. This Rasir gets played in the slot that this card is for a different reason. Obviously, Viscerosir allows you to, if you go infinite, to go through your whole deck and stack it. get the it. card, the exact card you um, need. This gets you an infinite big creature. Yeah, also Carrion Feeder, because... It's a zombie helps its, its as a tribal card? Well, yeah, they've started to push zombies, right? So, like, I, I keep talking about Relentless Dead and how good I think that card is. I actually think that in a lot of ways, if Carrion Feeder was printed, it's kind of the card that over the top. So the whole idea of yeah, wanting I to... Be it, able... I doubt it becomes Eldrazi over the top. I'm, I think it's going to be... It'd be more of a, like... Yeah, like, actually Like an elves over the top. Yeah, like, like I think... Or a merfolk over the top like i think um just fine tribes for everybody i just for me like when i think about like carrion feeder on one and then like tide hollow skull on two and like the effect on the stack sack tide hollow skull make your carrion feeder a two two attack for two now you have all these zombie effects that are gonna be able to bring back your skuller like it's it seems good it seems awesome and which is it's one of my favorite cards for the idea of putting it in the format um anyway is it too good for standard one, one two, two three, three no. yes you think it's too good for standard Carrying Feeder? Yeah, maybe not. They would have to print some really very big good, support though. cards. Yeah, yeah, what, What's your number six? Or you already did your six? That was number seven. Okay, my six. All right, my number six, Victimize. That is... You're out of your mind. That card seems sweet. Victimize, unless, unless I'm mistaken, is the one black, two colorless sorcery. You uh, sack a creature, sack creature and you, two. you reanimate two yeah, creatures from so your awesome. graveyard into play tap. Yeah. For modern. We don't have a reanimate deck in the... Well, the reanimate we deck involves Grizzlebrand. Let's get some other cool value reanimate decks. It doesn't even put it it's into like play. It's like Birthing Pod, but one off. It doesn't even put it into play. It, like it, You're not even talking about putting it into play temporarily. You're talking about like yeah, a card that allows sick. you to get two insane uh, threats. Let's not talk, like, <laughs> Gore's Vengeance doesn't put it into temporarily. It puts it into play, and then you win immediately. Right. All right. Fair enough. I mean, I, I, I read this, and I was like... It's a three-mana reanimate spell. It only happens once. It's great in value decks, but you can't play too many. Like right now, it definitely competes with Collected Company, which makes it an interesting choice. You can't really play both. That seems crazy to me. I, I mean, I, I guess I, it's yeah. I, it's only they only printed as an uncommon, so I guess like it's maybe well, I'm maybe it's not a card I've ever played with. I guess it's originally from Saga. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I remember that card. I just didn't really recognize the art. It's just not a card I ever played with. Um, anyway, that's crazy. I think you're nuts, but let's keep going. <laughs> All right, one, two, three. Yes, no. it's too powerful to be in standard. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, you can't print it in standard. 
Okay. So I don't. We, I don't think. It, I think no is no standard. Yes is can be in standard. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. You, you messed that up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next card. Your uh, number six. Quick. I did my six. My number five is memory lapse. Oh. Um. And that's also on my list. Yeah. So memory lapse for those of you that don't remember. Actually, the next I think three are. It's from Homelands. Uh. So it's one blue, right. one colorless counter target spell. Instead of putting it in their graveyard, you put it on top of their library. Yeah. And and. I, we talked about this earlier, and this is higher on my list, but let's talk about it now because we do need to uh, get a little bit closer to done. We're taking a little too long. Yep. But uh, this card is very similar to Mana Lake and Remand, except it's like different. It's like the same in that same kind of place. Yep. But technically, it's not card disadvantage. They they lose a card, you lose a card. Right. Unlike, um, and yes, it's worse in the late game, but it's not as worse. You're you're putting them back into the top deck mode, so you have another turn to get to a, a removal spell versus or another way to deal with their threat versus Mana Leak, where they just eventually out... Like, Mana Leak eventually becomes a card that's not worth anything. Yeah, there's no deck in modern that wants to play more than eight counterspells, so it's not like people go four Mana Leak, four Remand, and then they do add, like, nine through 12. Like, this replaces some number, and to me, it, it is the card that bridges the gap between those two. I like it in that sense. I like that it's a third option. It also, because it provides an effect that's... Uh, unique. We don't have this effect. It adds something to the format that we don't have right now, and it doesn't feel like the power level is. It punishes fetch lands as well. Yeah. So like people, you can counter a spell, and then if they hadn't fetched that turn, they're stuck. Right. Or all oh, they have a fetch land, they can't then play it to then get because they'll lose the card they had. So like or that fetch and response and like to countering. It, if we haven't talked about this, I mean like fetch lands are a card that I think is played too ubiquitously. I think yeah. mana bases are too standardized because of fetch lands and different cards and a lot of my list. <coughs> is representative of this is you know this is good against fetch lands this right. hurts fetch lands and so this is a card i think is definitely worth having in the format yeah i like memory lapse I, I'm, i've always been a fan of it i can't wait to get a foil one um all right so my number five is carry uh cabal therapy okay we talked so about it it's really sweet I, I i i more so think it belongs in the format that i did last time we talked about but it. is memory lapse too powerful to be in standard uh one two three, three no no yeah it could be in standard yeah i think it'd be in standard yeah yeah it depends. Yeah. What, it, it, it just depends what they print it with, but they don't. They don't make. Yeah, I, I think it could be in standard. Um, I think memory lapse is worse than remand. Sixty percent of the time, and I think remand is almost close enough to being able to be printed in standard. Well, it was. I don't. I remember like that I think standard. mana leak is too good for standard, but yeah. I think I think in a standard environment where they're playing five drops. Yeah. Um, that Ravnica standard was super healthy, and it was it was awesome. It was really yeah. it was super fun. I, except in, then it became Dragonstorm and. Memory and remand was a big part of that, but and, and this is worse than remand because you don't draw a card. You're down. You're each down a card. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, um, so okay. So your number four was Cabal Therapy, or that was your five? That was my number five. Okay, so then my number four is Mother of Runes. Um, and we talked about it already a little bit. My my thing with Mother of Runes, I'll just reiterate it is like I don't think it's a problem as a one of tutor target, and any deck that wants to go long and play four copies of it, it just doesn't feel like it as a one one for one like. There, I, I can't think of a lot of one ones for one that have a sweet ability in modern that get played. Um, it's like if if it, like like viscerous here's part of a combo. You have spellskite like in for my money spellskite is doing more of what you want to be doing in in modern at two. Sure. Um, I you're just you're essentially unless you're playing some super even know what it would be. Um, I guess I could see this. No, I think it's fine. I, I think okay. other runes that that's kind of what I think. Um, that was my four. All right, uh, my number four, Memory Lapse. We just talked about it. Great. Um, oh, is, yeah, we talked about Mother Runes. Uh, what about your number three? Uh, number three? My number three is Vindicate. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't think Vindicate can be in the format? <sighs> it's really good against lands. Yeah, I just, look, it's it's a three-mana sorcery. So, like, 
That's right and where it I start. Junk better, which I don't know if we need. Yeah, but like it's it's a it's a, just like a value card. It's like a sweet value card. It's like a very powerful effect at three. Um, it to me, it's like there are Is enough it that much better than the new one that you lose three life, but it's an instant speed and it can't hit lands. Yeah, definitely. Okay. It's a hundred percent better because what I, mean, I it's definitely better. Because, I don't think it's strictly better though. Because this is the whole this is the whole like, get rid of Blood Moon and, and replace it with other cards conversation. So yeah. you're totally fine if you get rid of Blood Moon and you start introducing like Vindicate. Well, like, and Vindicate I, I becomes almost, a problem when you also have Force Sinkhole in the far, format and Force Stone Rain. I yeah. mean, Storm Rain is in the format, but like yeah, but even even then, like you, Modern wouldn't would not be a problem if they just kept printing three mana destroy land cards because sure. it's just it's not fast enough. Like the problem can, is more when you have a, a ubiquitous amount in standard. Like standard is the place that that hurts more than modern is because modern is already so much about two drops and three drops that anything above that is is already a, not like what you're trying to get to. At sorcery speed for three in modern, like even if you draw like two vindicates, like you have to be on the play. They don't do anything. They don't have a counterspell. They don't play a threat that really hurts you. You take out a land, and then you take out another land. Like they they have to be really struggling for that to be a giant problem. I'm not saying it's not good. Sure. Um, I just to me vindicates a sweet card. The land aspect is, is why it's in there. Could vindicate for those who don't know. I'm assuming y'all do. It's from Apocalypse originally. Um, it is one black, one white, one colorless sorcery destroy, destroy. target permanent. Yeah. Um, All right. It, is Vindicate too powerful for standard? One, two, three. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah no 100%. way. They're not going to be standard. <laughs> What's your number three? Uh, my number three is price progress. Okay. So we, so talked, here's, about we, we talked about it, but I, I did save a little bit of my rant, and we didn't t- rate it for standard. But here's the deal. Fetch lands cause a format that really can play any color. So, like, there is a problem right now that there's, you need something to punish people for playing too much and being too greedy with their mana bases. Currently, the best option is Blood Moon. Maybe Magus of the Moon. Right. But Blood Moon is a terrible card for the format. Yeah, it's super... It, it, it the just, way it wins is, like, eight times out of ten, it's just super, like, boring games that don't... Nothing really happens. It's bad for coverage. It's bad for play styles. No one's having fun. It's a one-card combo that sometimes says you just win. Most people have that really ugly white-bordered one. <laughs> <laughs> I have, a, I have the, a, a dark one. It's sick. Yeah, it's uh, Or the dark. Yeah. Um, but basically, when it comes down to it, I think Blood Moon shouldn't be in the format. I've been on this random face- Twitter a lot. If you want to challenge me on this point, come at me, bro, on Twitter at the, at Kess Wiley. This is we how- can talk about it. Price of Progress, though, does a very similar thing. It punishes people in the way that modern should punish people because it hurts your life total. And fetch lands are already fetch plus shock lands are already life total. Yeah, negatives like they're, you're already being hurt by them. So this is exactly what you need to happen. And, you know, the more tools we give, like Wasteland was on my list originally, and then I realized, like, it's probably too good. Me too. I, but, cut, I cut it as well. But Price of Progress is the exact type of card that Modern needs in the format. What I found uh, when I thought about Price of Progress, my only, so I, obviously I had it lower than you, but, like, the reason that it was lower is I started thinking about it, okay, Modern's very swingy and there's a lot of strategies. So there's nothing you're going to be able to do that is going to perfectly balance Modern as you continue to print new cards. It's never going to happen. There will always be, your deck is great against paper and rock but loses to scissors like it's just going to be that way so the one thing i don't like is the idea that they would print price of progress it would go into burn decks and people would be like well my complicated mana base is great against everything except i totally lose to price of progress so now burn gets that that much better and even worse of a matchup for me which is just like but that just i mean yes but if it causes people to then be more willing to play basics and to not maybe run with as much of the... It, the problem is the price of progress more than other options like Wasteland. 
or uh, other options I think would be better maybe in like all of Magic's mana destruction categories does force people to play with fetches. Right. Because you want you can then fetch for a basic instead of a shock. Totally. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I think I think modern would be very interesting with Price of Progress. Um, could Price of Progress be printed in standard? One, two, three. three. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's because people play non-basics. They always do. I think you want to make sure burn isn't too good in that standard environment. Yeah. But that, I think, was like, burn's not great right now. I mean, like, there are standard yeah. environments where there's not, like, goblin guys running around. And, prop prop like, becomes a major issue. Drops. Prop becomes a major issue in formats where there's a, a wealth of great non-basic options, and that's what people gravitate towards. It would have probably been too good in the exact way the format needed six months ago. Yeah. When standard was, like, fetch all dual land. The fetch the super Jace thing, and, like, yeah. Jace with price of progress seems... That almost probably would have been good because then people wouldn't have been playing four color mana bases, which is what the problem. Like it, it like it's yeah. more of a catch all against that problem, not a not an anti thing. So that um, was vindicate for you, or that was three for you. Yeah. What's number two for you? Number two is days. No. Really? I, yeah. Days is on my list. You didn't put it on the list? No. Huh. Interesting. We cheated. Uh, I, knew, I knew Ben was putting days on his list, <laughs> so I, I didn't. It hurt I've you, like it hurt been, you so I've much. Been very very much <laughs> about days. I think days is not as good as it. I don't think days is as healthy as it would have been. In the land of Splinter Twin? Yeah, so Days is one... Or I think one, it's healthier than it was with Splinter Twin. Days is one blue, one colorless four spike. It's it's tar a counter-target spell unless that player pays one, but you can return an island to your hand rather than paying its mana cost. So, obviously, this is interesting and tenuous playing with Shocklands. It's the thing that I think is the coolest about it. It makes Days worse because everybody plays Shocklands. In Legacy, this card is a house. It would be very good in Modern. I think it would be very interesting in Modern, but I do think... It's a, it's, a, it's a safety valve that the format doesn't have currently. They're like, and yeah, that's a good thing. Mm. And there's a way to play around it. It's not a. It slows the format down. Yep. There's a way to play around days. Like if you see a person with a, a, an island in play, or a fetch line that could fetch a blue, <coughs> don't wait a turn. Yeah, wait a turn to cast a spell. And yes, that helps them. And maybe Delver decks would be better or Tempo decks, but that's. Also, a decks that have been bad for a long time, and mm. this is—it's bad against abrupt decay. Like there are a lot of different things you, like, I think it's fine. The only my, my only issue with this is that the the dedicated combo decks that are blue that people play or would play, um, giving them every every bit of the, the argument that this is great for other decks, giving them the counter backup. Yeah, but what what like the combo like the combo deck in this format right now is Coco, like blue combo deck, like the blue reanimator decks and then fine those decks are so swinging anyways that having them have a card that only is good would you okay like, to counter spells seems uh, like it would hurt it and the, the, I'll give you one word that makes this a gigantic problem for modern merfolk this is absolutely outrageous if you put this into a merfolk deck merfolk's yeah, but, already so good it's playing <sighs> basics like i feel like merfolk <laughs> Sure, it might make Merfolk too good. I think Merfolk just won a Merfolk GP. Merfolk is really good. <laughs> Merfolk's already like... I do think that Merfolk, though, is a deck that can be beat. Mm. Definitely, but... And, I... and if, if Days is in the format, we're like, oh, we need to be able to beat Merfolk, I think you just have to, like, abrupt decay. Like, it just makes Jund decks better, because I, I guess I, that's the problem. It does make Jund decks better. Abrupt I, decay becomes the best card in the format. I can tell you this. As somebody who has experience playing Merfolk in both Modern, Legacy, and Highlander... Um, it is the most innocuous deck that nobody thinks is quite good enough to ever be a top tier deck. Right There's up until always a top tier deck. Right up until you play free counter spells. Free counter spells. That's the thing it's that a, makes it's a top tier deck in in modern. I, I don't think that's yeah. necessarily true even in modern. I, I, I do think this would make Merfolk maybe too good. I do think that I'm willing to take that risk for all of the other play it would offer to the format and the encouragement to play blue decks and to slow the format down. Because yeah, I, I do think the format needs to be slower. Because for all of the only the real deck I think actually it's a problem because I think you're wrong on Merfolk because yeah. Merfolk doesn't just outright kill you if you miss killing yeah. a creature. In fact, is the problem. 
Yeah. Because they play islands. Yeah. In fact, it would be an issue. They don't care about their life total at all. Nope. Yeah. All right. Well, Days is interesting, though. I still think you could print yeah. it. I think it would be a fun format. Um, I would I would enjoy playing Days in right. Modern. My number two is your number one. Okay. Got but it. But Days. Possible to print standard. One, one two, two, three. three. Yes. Yeah. You could print in standard. Might be too good. But, yeah. like, the, they don't have fetches, the land, so, like, you have to play with islands. Again, the, the question, we, when you say that, could it be or could it not be, it depends so heavily on what standard. Because sure. And standard's already slow, so, you, like, waiting an extra turn, I think it should be fine in standard. If you have, because if you have, like, a, you know, some sort of tempo we one drop, then it becomes a problem. If you don't have a good tempo we one drop, then it's not really a yeah, problem. Yeah, if you don't if have you Swiss have... Spear, you don't have Delver, like, a card like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, if it... all your one drops are controly card, yeah, yeah, I think it's fine. If there's a well-designed combo deck. Like, tempo, blue. blue tempo decks are when this card is a problem. Yeah, and, or or dedicated can go off on turn five combo decks. Yeah. Is the other problem. Um, so my number one. And my number two, Baleful Strix. Baleful Strix. By far my favorite card in all and this, Eternal Masters. this is like probably my favorite, like probably a number one. There's a card that I would, my number one is a sweeter card and would love to be in the format, but possibly is more arguably not safe. I think Baleful Strix should just be in the format. Baleful Strix. I think it, the only reason Baleful Strix is actually not in the format is because we haven't been to a set that has multicolored artifact creatures. <laughs> and I, yeah, so I think it will get printed. So Baleful Strix, for those that don't know, um, we talk, we actually talked about this card a lot. One black, one blue for a one, one artifact creature bird flying death touch when Baleful Strix enters the battlefield draw card. It's just, it Any does, card that makes Tormagoyf worse, worse is better. Yeah, it's just a sweet card. It's like, because aggressively... It hurts, it hurts in fact. All the decks it hurts need to be hurt. All the decks that it's not that great against need to be better. It feels good to play <laughs> it. It's fun. It's, it's, it's like people who love recursion and value. There's a reason for Bug to be a deck. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a sweet 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 card for sure. control decks. It's a sweet card for tempo decks. It's a sweet card to equip with something. Like this is the kind of card that playing like heavy artifact decks with like it's never going to be too good. It's a one one for two that flies. Yeah, this and is it, and it's always going to be decent because it's a death touch card that cantrips. This is also the kind of <laughs> card where like if you play like some sort of like artifact based tempo deck with like even like bone splitters where like you want to just like, get like bird. cheap artifacts. I, like the only deck I can think this could be problematic kind of is affinity, and even then it thinks. It's like a two-mana spell that doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love Baleful Strix. I've always loved this card. This has been yeah. one of my favorite cards since I first played it. Too good for standard? One, two, three. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can't put this in standard. Why? I just think it's too... I think it's just too no, good. No, I think this would be in standard. No. I mean, I think it would be one of the better cards in the format, but I think you could put this in standard. No problem. Interesting. Well, I don't really It's just standard, a 1-1 so. death touch. It just... You, you're up. Oh. All right. And... Honorable mentions. Uh, I cut Karmic Guide last minute. Uh, I think my main honorable mention is are actually two cards. It's Bloodbraid Elf and uh, <laughs> Charlie's Agent. So here's the deal. I've gone on, on the record enough times that Bloodbraid Elf should be unbanned in modern. I don't think it's too strong, even with Colligan's Command. I think it does a lot of cool things. I think it was banned for the wrong reasons. I didn't want to talk about it necessarily here because we've talked about it so much before. And... Talking about cards that should be unbanned is a different conversation than what cards that haven't been in modern are available to be. Like these would have to be printed in standard versus a card that just needs to be unbanned. Um, but I also don't think I can say Shardless Agent is fine in the format if Bloodbraid Elf isn't, because I think Shardless Agent is a more degenerate card than than Bloodbraid Elf is. Right. Because you get like Shardless Agent in a deck like um, Living End or any deck that does stuff like Living End is too strong, and so I think Shard like. Maybe if Bloodbraid Elf, we can talk about Charlie's Agent, but I think they're both degenerate for different reasons. But Bloodbraid Elf isn't a combo deck card. It's an aggro card or a value card. Um, honorable mentions for me, Karmic God, I think is sweet. Um, I think the one I want the most, but I think I know is too powerful, is Pyrokinesis. 
Um, you may exile a red card from your hand rather than Pyrokinesis's mana cost. Pyrokinesis deals four damage divided to you choose Damn, amongst any number really of target creatures. It costs six to cast hard, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's a free four mana divided as you choose card. Mm-hmm. It seems really good. It I just, mean, the one the one thing that I say makes it kind of fine is burn decks are already decks that they don't want to discard their extra red spells. The only reason the, the one thing it does kind of help is like that like top deck swift spear you get late game isn't going to be as good or pick another like random creature that just isn't going to help you or if you're in a position where your life total is also low and you just need to kill them like uh what's it called the two drop Eidolon of Great Rebels right like there's or like you have the artifact hate and they you know you brought that in like there's random cards I think it would be good to exile but like you also don't want to go down a card in that deck and one extra damage like if did if this did six yeah it's worth it but four is like you could be playing. You could just be playing two uh, charms or two K commands, like they're you know. Yeah, I or, hear you. It's or it's skull crack. It's hard to say because four damage is a significant amount, as we've seen from Boros Charm. As we like, as we like, four damage. Is, right, but four four damage is worth one card. This is two cards for four damage. Four damage is worth when you pay for it. When you when you get rid of the card when it's that close, it's also divided yeah, as you choose. It's not like Burns like, oh man, I wish I had more mana. You're forgetting divide, <laughs> divided as you choose is a big deal at instant speed, like sweet as a, as a removal spell. But Burn doesn't want to spend its Burn spells on killing creatures. Burn's not the only deck that plays this card. Yeah, this might be good in other decks. Yeah, it's, sure. it's okay. really good. Anyway, right. that, that's pretty much what I got. So my number one, the last card on our list because we talked about Belfast Strix. Yep, Factor Fiction. Oh, that's your that's your number one. That's my number one. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, you didn't put days in your list. Sorry, I thought we did your number one already. No, no, no. Oh, wow. Okay. Factor, Factor Fiction. Fiction. Sweet. Oh, yeah, that card's awesome. One I played blue, it with three colors. Every deck I played with Instant. so far, yeah. Draw five cards. Uh, no, no. Reveal five cards. Target player puts them in the two piles. You get a pile. I don't know if straight Factor Fiction is possible. I don't think that's a card that we'll ever see in the format. I think a Factor Fiction light, like a four mana for the Jace Ultimate that's like three cards or four cards I is mean, possible, but this card isn't that much better than Gifts. Yeah, think about Gifts. If, if, if I think what breaks this card is that it puts it in your graveyard, the cards that they don't pick. Yeah. And I think that's what would need to be fixed. But I, it's more I'm putting this on this list because I think this type of card, the the uh, the play style behind it, yeah. is really fun and makes Magic a more entertaining and enjoyable thing. And it's a card that Control decks could use that wouldn't be too unfair if you get rid of the combo potential, which is the fact that you can put stuff in the graveyard. It's really fun. They printed this in Eternal Masters. It's a This is a favorite draw spell of old Magic players. Mm-hmm. It's something everybody's always loved. So it's cool that, play, that people are going to get experience with it. I don't know that it'll ever be in standard. I think it's too powerful. That's my opinion. One, two, three. Is it too, is it too, powerful, is it too powerful for standard? One, two, three. Yes. Yes. Yes, definitely. But um, That's why I'm saying the effect. Right. Like, imagine imagine for three mana, Jace's, Jace's um, ultimate. Yeah, yeah. His no, no, no. Jace's minus two. Right, his mini fact. Yeah, three, his... yeah, three and one goes on the bottom of your grave like for three mana. Or f- do that at four mana, put it on the bottom of your deck, you get four cards. Well, they've tried to print versions. Steam Augury was the but reverse those are the, version. If the problem is if your opponent chooses the pile, it's not good. Just right. automatically not good. Yeah, yeah, true. All right, so that's that's it for the top ten list. Those are yeah. our top tens. Um, I want to apologize again for last week and the kind of mess up. Make sure to w- listen to that episode. We did some sweet brews. There's yeah. a mono black pain artist, kind of a, a more of a affordable deck. Uh, blood a thing artist, in the ice deck. Yeah. And uh, yeah, blood artist, not pain artist. Um, make sure to check out the command zone. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Kess Wiley. I'm at Ben Bateman Media. We're at the MM Cast. And we have an Instagram now. Go Instagram. follow our Instagram. Yeah, at the MM Cast, which I'm like posting to. Right? I'm going to go back in time and find cool classic pictures of us to post there. And we're going to just like, like seriously, as this whole thing goes forward with us doing more and, and, all that stuff. We're going to be uh, 
posting a lot more and you, you guys are going to see kind of a stronger push on social media because you guys don't know what we look like and it, yeah. it'll be fun for, for that us. That was to... a great realization of GPLA is that no one knew what we look like. Yeah, totally. When like I've had conversations with people like on the internet and then like they like just like yeah. ignored me walking by. I was like, oh man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So thanks everybody for listening. Love you guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. All right. Talk to you next week. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator.